We'll be in Acts chapter 3, the book of Acts chapter 3. I'm glad we've got God's word. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I'm glad we've got a word that we can meditate on day and night, because it brings uh, so much relief. It brings wisdom, direction, uh, the precious promises are God's word has so much for us. And I tell you what, if you uh, if you are not getting into it, you are neglecting the greatest book that we've got by far on this earth. And I'm thankful for it. But I want to dig into it. Acts three. Uh, we're going to start in verse one says this. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as uh, I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Yeah. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered uh, with them into the temple, leaping and or walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at the alms uh, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray uh, that we could just open up your word today day and Lord that through the Holy Spirit it would come alive in our hearts and our minds Lord if there's any loss today I pray that today would be the day that they'd come to you they wouldn't put it off any longer but they'd find salvation in Jesus Christ and Lord that you would heal the backslider that you would uh, that you would help those that are Christians Lord to do your will Lord help us to draw closer to you help us to continue to do what you've called us to do and in Jesus name we pray and amen so the book of Acts, if you didn't know this, it is written by Luke. So Luke, uh, <clears throat> in the previous chapter, is the uh, the day of Pentecost. That's the one we, uh, chapter 2, a very familiar one. And near the end of chapter 2, in verse 43, it says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So this chapter 3 gives us just one of those examples of one of the miracles that was done by the apostles. Now, one of the things that we need to be careful with uh, is, you know, a lot of people, they love the book of Acts, and I do too, but they think uh, that the exact things that happened in the book of Acts are continuing uh, today. So they, uh, what we see is the apostles doing certain things, and uh, I, I believe the, the easiest way to explain that, it was a period of transition. You go from when Jesus was walking and teaching uh, on this earth, and he did miracles, so now he's put uh, uh, the 11 plus 1 uh, 
out there uh, to continue on the church and those that were together in the early church. Uh, he has put them in charge now uh, to go on and continue the work. And uh, we see some miracles and signs that happened early in the book of Acts. But if you notice, as you get further on in the book, those things trail off. And in fact, you've got uh, different ones that are healed, different uh, ones that are, are raised from the dead and different things like that. We can't do that today. I mean, let's just be honest. I wish people would just be honest uh, when they act like I'm one of the apostles and I'm continuing everything that's in the book of Acts. Nobody's raised the dead. OK, I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. Uh, uh, these things and a lot of what happens either on TV or the Internet, they're just doing magic tricks basically for the camera. That's what they're doing. Uh, and unfortunately, Many of them have done it uh, to, for greed and other purposes like that. Uh, but this one, one of these miracles uh, that we're going to look at today, the first one here in chapter 3, I think it shows us not only uh, that the Lord was uh, placing these apostles in power uh, to continue on the work and to continue on uh, building the early church, uh, but I believe there's some spiritual things in here we can find as well. So here we go. Verse 1, Peter and John, they're walking together into the temple. And it says at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. <clears throat> so notice they're going to the temple, not at the hour of sacrifice, right? They're not going to bring a goat or anything else because after Jesus died on the cross, we don't need the blood of bulls or goats or anything else like that. Now the Jews continued that, uh, but for those that are saved, they went on the hour of prayer. And that ninth hour equates to our three in the afternoon where they're gathering in the uh, gathering together to pray. I, I want you to know that ninth hour is the same hour that Jesus from the cross cried, it is finished. Amen. Uh, that's the same time. So there they, oh, uh, there they go. The early church, they used the temple to spread the gospel. So they would go, they would meet there, uh, a very large thing that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, but they would spread the gospel until they weren't allowed anymore. They would use that temple uh, just like they later used synagogues in a city just like Jesus did uh, as long as they would tolerate it and as long as they would hear the truth they would give it but one of the things I want you to notice is Peter is one of the two and and now the day of Pentecost we know was 50 days from when Jesus rose from the dead just 50 days not even two months uh, between those two events now remember what Peter was doing the night Jesus was arrested you remember that? He was afraid, right? They took him to the uh, Caiaphas' house. They took him there to the palace there. Uh, they were gonna, he was being tried. And there's Peter following afar off. There's Peter warming himself by the fire uh, with the soldiers, the same ones that had just arrested Jesus. He's trying to fit in. He's afraid. Uh, a little girl asks if he's one of those that were with Jesus. And he's cursing and denying and everything else. So we see a weak Peter 50 days prior. Uh, but now 50 days later, the same Peter's the one that stood up uh, in Acts chapter 2 and preached the truth. And he didn't pull any punches. And he's going to do it again after our passage in Acts chapter 3. And you're thinking, what happened to Peter? What happened to him? He was afraid. He was hiding. He wanted to melt in and, and, and kind of fit in with the world. I'll tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit happened yeah. to him. Amen. Uh, that, that Holy Spirit gave him, uh, changed him completely. Now he's a bold witness. He's a bold preacher for the gospel. And I'm telling you what, if you've got the Holy Spirit, and the only way you can have the Holy Spirit is if you're, if you're saved 
by Jesus Christ. If you're saved by Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. I am telling you, your life should be different. Amen. Uh, Peter did not stay the same bashful, afraid, weak in the knee, everything else. He changed because the Lord changed him. And he should have changed you as well. I, I grow so tired of people that are saying they're a Christian, yet their entire life seems to be the same thing. Amen. The Lord said he'd make you a new creature, right? A new creature. Where is that? He went from being afraid and fitting into a bold witness. And that's a blessing. Has the Holy Spirit changed your life? And is he still working on your life? Is he working on removing old sinful behaviors and replacing it with righteousness and obedience and giving you what you need? And if not, you need to let the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you, correct you, convict you, all those things. And you need to do that instead of sitting around this world's fire. You need to serve the Lord and go all in. Why? So we can make an eternal difference in this world. You realize you can. we can give a lot of uh, effort and time into things that won't mean anything after very long. But everything we do for the Lord is eternal. All right, verse 2. Let's keep going. A certain lame man from his mother's room, uh, womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, <clears throat> which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So here they go. Peter and John are walking in. And on the way to the temple, they go through the beautiful gate. Now, if you got a bulletin, I put this little, uh, little two-sided thing in there, this handout. Uh, uh, you probably can't see it if you're sitting down and you don't have one. But one side has the whole temple mount. So that's the whole thing. And inside of it is what we actually call the temple itself. So the temple mount. And then this on the flip side, this is just... <clears throat> kind of blowing up the middle, the actual temple part here in the middle. But if you notice, you go into this large temple mount, and today that's where the Dome of the Rock and everything else is. Uh, but if you go, were to go inside of there as a Jew, the first thing you would encounter is the court of the Gentiles. So all anyone could walk inside the large outer perimeter and come into where the temple mount was or the temple platform, whatever you want to call it. But in the middle, you've got the actual temple itself. So the court of the Gentiles where everyone could be. And then as you get closer inside, there's these little lines in here. The Gentiles couldn't go any further. So it was Jews only as you're getting closer. And as you go, so Jews couldn't go any closer. And then right here at the front, you've got the gate beautiful. So only a Jew could go in through the gate beautiful right there. And that's where he was. So we know he was a Jew. We know that this lame man uh, was a Jew because he was passed uh, as far as the Gentiles could go. Uh, but here's the thing. He couldn't go any further because he was crippled. He was a lame man. He couldn't go past that. Uh, all he was doing was there, there at the edge, uh, waiting. Uh, the next thing would be the court of women, so women could go into the next party and men. And then finally, only men in that next uh, gate. I don't. I can't read it. I don't have my reading glasses. But anyway, uh, so that you could keep going as further and further. But he had gotten as past uh, as far as he could go. And that gate, beautiful, was because it was made of bronze. It was 75 feet tall. It was ornate. It was something beautiful to look at. But they laid him there. And all that beautiful gate was for him was a barrier. 
It was open, but he couldn't go through it. Does that make sense now? Are you with me? Uh, he's crippled. He can't go any further. And there he is asking alms, you know, just like a, a kind of a homeless person we would see today asking for change, uh, hoping uh, that someone would give him some money. Because remember, in those days, you didn't have the disability. You didn't have social security. You didn't have things like that. He would have relied on the alms of Jews walking by, hoping that he could get some money to eat and to live. Uh, and there he was. I want you to imagine this. He's that lame man. He's at the gate, beautiful. Jews are wanting to come in and go into worship and bring their sacrifices and different things like that uh, throughout the day. And there he's laying uh, at a beautiful gate. We've got this crippled man. Uh, and, and here's the thing. We notice that uh, here it looks like an entrance and it's beautiful, but really it's a dead religion because there's nothing those Jews could do to help him other than give him a few coins. That's all they could do. Give him some alms. But then look at verse three, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms and Peter fasting his eyes on him said uh, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. So we see as Peter and John are walking in, you've got the lame man here at the gate and they lock eyes with one another. Okay. And, and, and that's, that's uh, significant because I don't know about you. Maybe you don't do this. Maybe you're uh, maybe you're a little better at this, but when I see someone and I don't have money or it's a little unsafe and I don't want to pull my whole wallet out, you kind of look the other way, don't you? Right? You don't look them in the eye. And that's not what Peter did. Peter looked them straight in the eye. And their eyes were fastened on each other. They were looking at each other. And that lame man was probably starting to get excited. If someone's not looking away, but looking right at me, that means I'm going to get some money, right? I'm going to get some alms. Uh, then I could buy something to eat maybe that night. Uh, but he had no idea who they were. We don't see that he knew that they were apostles of Jesus or anything else. <clears throat> and then Peter says, look on us, look on us. So now I'm sure the man's really encouraged now, right? Not only is he looking at, we're looking at each other. They're talking to me. I'm definitely going to be getting some money out of them. Maybe a lot of money. Who knows? But then look at verse six. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Yeah. And if he'd have stopped right there, I, I imagine even as he's saying that, that man's face has it changed, right? His countenance changed. That's what the Bible would say. He was smiling. Now he's frustrated. He's thinking, why are they looking at me? Why are they talking to me? And now they're saying they've got nothing. They've got no money to give me. Uh, but then I'm glad Peter kept talking. He didn't just say, <clears throat> silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, uh, such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know what this world wants today? They want alms, don't they? They want support. They want some money uh, to temporarily fix their problems, uh, something to help them to feel better for a little while. And, and here's the thing. <clears throat> I see a lot of churches that have set up things uh, you know, they've set up food pantries, they've set up shelters, they've given away clothing, they've helped the homeless, and these things are good. But you can't just give them food and just give them shelter without giving them Jesus Christ. Right. Amen? Otherwise, you're just doing what the world does and you're becoming a charity, right? And again, we need to help the poor, we need to 
be doing more things in those areas. They're not bad, but I'm here to tell you, if all you give someone is temporary relief as a Christian, we're not doing our job because we are to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what we see right here. And haven't you seen this before? People want, uh, people, they, they just want money. That's all they want. We've had them come into this church, haven't we? They've come in. They want to usually interrupt. That's, that's usually what happens. They interrupt and they want some money. They've got some kind of story. And I've said it many times before. If you ask them questions, uh, you know, I started out uh, in, in Michigan or no, I started out in Texas and I'm heading to South Carolina and, and here I am here. And we're thinking, well, you're no wonder why you're out of gas. OK, because you're going the wrong way. Right. You're, this is not the right. You shouldn't be coming through here. And then they start telling us this sob story and everything else. What they want is they want us to give us money, give them money so they can get out of here and go to the next church and do the same thing. But you ever notice what we do here? We say you got to stay. The entire service. You're not willing to do that. We're not willing to help you in any way. But because you need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. What did this lame? He didn't know what he needed. He thought he needed some coins. He thought he needed some money for uh, for dinner that night. He thought he needed some money to help uh, where he lived or whatever he needed. That's what he thought he needed. But Peter had something greater than money. But... What if Peter was saying, you know what, I'm, we're in a hurry. We're running late to the prayer meeting. We just need to get in there quickly. How about I just throw some money and then just walk away from him? That would have been good, right? Yeah, sure, the man would have got another meal, but he'd have been right back to begging. But Peter had no money, but he had Jesus in his heart. And he had the truth of the gospel that he could share. And here's the thing. The charities of this world make people's lives more bearable but I'll tell you what the church of Jesus Christ can do is can give someone the gospel and Jesus Christ can give them a whole new life. Amen. That's what we see. <clears throat> There's a story from a long time ago. Thomas Aquinas was visiting Pope Innocent II and he found the Pope counting a large sum of money. And the Pope said to Thomas, the church can no longer say silver and gold. Have I none? That's sad, isn't it? You know what Thomas said? That's true. Your holiness but then neither can the church now say arise and walk. Ooh. Right? Right? We've replaced the power of God with money. Is that a good trade? No. That doesn't help anybody. Money will perish. What happens? It, it becomes worth less and less. It goes away when scammers take it and everything else. I'm here to tell you, we need something more than that. We need the power of Jesus Christ. What does this world need? They don't need a charity. They need a new start. They need their sins forgiven. They need a, a, a totally new life like we've been able to have. What are we giving this world? Are we throwing a couple coins? Are we helping them? Uh, you know, are we doing things to help people? That's great. But that without Jesus is not really helping this world. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. So Peter says, silver and gold, have I none? 
But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Remember, instead of some coins that they had locked eyes on the man, got his attention. Now they're telling about Jesus Christ. They told him to rise up and walk, and now taking him by the hand, lifting him up. And remember I said Acts, the book of Acts is written by Luke. Luke was a physician, Dr. Luke. And what's he say? Immediately... His feet and ankle bones received strength. Dr. Luke's telling you exactly what happened. That was the problem. He couldn't walk. He was lame. He couldn't do anything. They had to carry him and put him at the gate. Beautiful. But now uh, in in, uh, Acts 4.22, we find out that man was over 40 years old. He was lame from birth, but that was the last day he was lame because the power of Jesus Christ picked him up, healed his feet and ankles. And now verse 8, he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement that which had happened to him. So he is now leaping, walking, praising God. No longer does he have to beg anymore. All because of Jesus Christ. But remember what I said. Remember about the temple and the gate beautiful. Remember if he was lame on his feet, he couldn't go any further. If he was crippled, blind, anything, he couldn't go into the gate beautiful. But look what it says in verse 8. He leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them in the temple. He was no longer crippled anymore. He was no longer hindered. He had seen that gate so many times. And I'm sure he had peered inside hoping one day that maybe he knew that he could never go in. But wouldn't it be nice if I could go in further? If I could see what's beyond there? Remember what the temple represented, the presence of God. And he was thinking, if I could just get closer to God's presence, but I can't get any further than the gate beautiful. I can't go any further because of my condition, because of who I am, who I am. And I'm here to tell you. You're thinking, Mike, well, uh, that's a lovely story, but you already told us we're not healing people with our own touch anymore uh, like they were in the name of Jesus and uh, uh, the temple's gone Uh, so what does this really have for us today I'm here to tell you spiritually speaking uh, if you are still in your sin your sin makes you ugly your sin makes you it tears up your body the wages of sin is death and I'm here to tell you uh, that life of sin is eating away at our bodies and if you have not taken your sins uh, that Jesus has already paid for on the cross and turned him over to him and his sacrifice and trusted in Jesus Christ, you will get no further than the gate beautiful either. Spiritually speaking, you may even come into this church. You may look around and you may get little glimpses of what's on the inside. Little glimpses of heaven right down here that we get from time to time. You may see little things about Jesus Christ. You're thinking, man, I like to come in here because I like it's a refuge. I, I can feel the peace. I can feel the calm. I can see what the Lord is doing in other people's lives. And I'm here to tell you, you can't go any further than that if you're still in your sins. But aren't you glad you can turn to Jesus Christ? You can lay uh, uh, your sins at his feet or you can 
can call on his name and find salvation. You can trust in his sacrifice on the cross that he was buried and, uh, and he rose from the dead on the third day all according to scriptures. You can trust in Jesus. He can save your soul. And just like the lame man, you can walk in. Not, oh, not because your feet are, 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 not because you fixed your feet, because he gave you a new life. You can get into heaven, not on your own merits, but on what Jesus Christ has done. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That sin keeps us from the presence of God. And it'll keep you from heaven after we leave this life. But aren't you glad what dead religion couldn't help? And this world could only give temporary fixes. Aren't you glad that Jesus changes things for an eternity? Amen. That lame man was on the outside looking in. What about you today? You may be sitting among us, but you're on the outside looking in too. Is it about time you come in with us? Amen. Not because we're anything special. It's because of what Jesus has done. You realize the best day in my life was the day that I realized I was a sinner. That guilt came over me. And I knew as a nine-year-old boy, even though I was attending church, even though we went to Sunday school, even though we went to vacation Bible school and church camp and everything else, I knew if I died that way, I would go to hell, even at nine, because the Holy Spirit touched my heart. And I knew that. But I also knew about Jesus. And I called on his name for salvation. I can't tell you what I prayed. I don't, it wasn't a long prayer. It wasn't anything uh, a great swelling words. It was just me crying out to Jesus to save my soul. And he did. He did. Has he done that for you? Has he done that for you? Or are you on the outside? Man, you're so close. Right? You're so close to the presence of God. You're so close to having the Holy Spirit like the rest of you. You're so close to that. You're enjoying different things about the Lord. I'm telling you what, uh, you like you like coming in here as a lost person because of the benefits you get just uh, secondarily from us. Why don't you get the primary benefits of being a Christian? It pales in comparison to have him in your life. Are you trying to get as close as you can with Jesus without an actual relationship with him? That's a problem. You know what Jesus said himself? John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus said himself, I'm the door. I'm the gate. I'm the one you've got to go through. Amen. If you want to go to heaven you've got to go through Jesus Christ right that's what he said if any man enter in it's going to be through Jesus there's no other way sure I could get sure I could get more people in the pews if I change that message but I'm not changing it amen we're not changing it I'm not to say we're doing everything right all the time, but I'm here to tell you we are not changing what the Bible says about how to get to heaven and how to be saved. It's through Jesus Christ and him alone. Whatever else you're trying, you're getting close, but there's a gate you'll never be able to cross. And if you die in your sins, the Bible says you will open up your eyes in hell. 
And then you will stand before Jesus in judgment. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Even if you said, but Jesus, I went to victory as often as I could. I gave money in the offering plate. I, I sang songs with everyone. I volunteered. I did all these things. Uh, and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. You want that to happen? No. No. But you've got to come in through the door, and that's Jesus Christ. The lame man couldn't get past the gate beautiful. He couldn't go any further. He could ask for alms, get some temporary relief, but that's it. What about you today? Are you tired of temporary relief that a lot of times isn't any relief at all? Or do you want Jesus Christ? He's the door. He's the well. He's the water of life. He's the giver of life, right? He's the good shepherd. He's your savior. He died for you. He loves you. But you've got to come to him. You've got to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done looking in through the gate. I want in. If that's you today, before it's too late, why don't you come to Jesus Christ? I'm going to ask everyone to stand.